Broadcasting from the Live Network Studios in West Atlantic City, New Jersey, it's the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts, Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. All right, my man, we are back for another week of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Nick and Drew with you. little sad, little sad note. Well, it's funny you played that song just because I'm thinking today, oh my gosh, it's June 7th already. I mean, time is just flying by, oh, man, man, at a rate that I just can't even... I think it was once I had kids or something, but I was just having a conversation a couple weeks ago with my cousin Katie about what did we do with all of our time before we had kids? Because she's got a one-year-old now. It's just a whole... Just you're like, on kids' time. Man, it's crazy. I've told a million people this, time's going. Uh, this story, but like I used to have very ideological you know, uh, ideological thoughts about the world, and I would say, why don't people just agree to start waking up at 10 o'clock and have like a normal life and not like killing themselves early? And then, then I had a kid, and I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. They wake up. When they wake up, you can't Gosh, remember wait the to get luxury to work. of waking up like when you decided it was time to get no, up. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's been so long that I really don't because now my clock is such that it doesn't make a difference whether my child is near me or not. You know, I get up when I get up. It's it's a different story, but unfortunately, you know, I like doing funny intros. That wasn't a funny intro. That was like a memorable intro for me because it's the passing of Greg Allman. Um, most of you who are out there in the general world who know Nick and I personally know the Allman Brothers have a completely different meaning to the two of us than any band out there, even the bands that we love the most, like Fish, because they were really the inspiration for us working together yeah. and us starting everything. And uh, Yeah, we saw them at the Syracuse Fairgrounds. Um, was that like the first week of college? Year, first week of sophomore year first of college. Week of sophomore so year. Uh, so to, to give you guys the story in the background, Nick and I have been business partners since we were 19. It really started because of the Allman Brothers at that moment, and to set the story up, the summer before uh, sophomore year, I was home taking a class at Montclair State, and uh, it was a morning class in philosophy that my dad made me sign up for to get some credits and to, to have something to do during the summer. And as a result, <clears throat> he can basically tell me not to go out during the week, <laughs> which is all I wanted to do. You've got class at 7 a.m. I think that's why, you know, he, he liked that aspect of it. Um, uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. But it was just, you know, get ahead, get the philosophy class done, whatever. But the point is, uh, Allman Brothers were playing at Garden State Art Center. 
and I wanted to go, and it was a conversation that uh, did not end well in my favor as far as uh, asking for permission to go, and uh, I ended up not going to that show. Uh, saw the set list the next day on some uh, you know bulletin board website or whatever it was we were looking at back then, maybe AOL, and uh, I was very aggravated because they played uh, the acoustic version of Melissa that I had been chasing for a long time. Um, <clears throat> so I decided to hunt down a copy of this Allman Brothers tape. Now, back in the day before there was the internet and digital files of music and all things like that, people did things like tape trade. Sure. And uh, in tape trading, you find a guy that recorded the show physically there, made copies on analog tapes for other people, and then distributed them, and then you trade. So I found a kid in Wisconsin who had this Allman Brothers show, and I traded him a couple Dave Matthews things by mail. I waited all summer for this show to come. And about two weeks before I went back to Syracuse University, it finally came. And uh, the quality was about uh, like listening through a tin can. Uh, it was one of the which worst was common back then. Horrible uh, audio quality. Because I don't know, did the almonds let you bring in your own recording yeah, yeah. equipment? They okay, had, they had a taper section. I knew the dead did and fish. I wasn't sure if the almond brothers had a taping. Did section. You just yawn right in the middle of that. Was that story so boring that it just? No, nah, I didn't yawn. Oh, okay. I just adjusted my jaw. Okay, fair enough. All right, <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, the uh, the almond brothers. Uh, you know, tape sounded like garbage, and I thought to myself, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These guys, everyone owns their greatest hits. They don't sell any more albums. Why are they not producing this live CD in a high quality so that I can get it? It didn't make any sense to me, and then I started reading this article about a company called Liquid Audio that had developed a format which came before MP3, uh, a way to high-compress uh, wave files. Um, and Nick and I got back to Syracuse University that f uh, that fall, went to see the Allman Brothers at Syracuse uh, Fairgrounds when they were there for uh, uh, the Syracuse State, uh, the State Fair, the New York State Fair. And that night we had the conversation which would become Scarlet Fire Entertainment Systems, a.k.a. the Live Network, uh, leading to a patent in the world of digital technology of recording of concerts. And uh, from that point forward, you want to fast forward, it's a long story and a long uh, time. I don't know if the podcast can handle it, but uh, I don't know, seven years later, we found ourselves sitting at the Allman Brothers concert that we were recording. Yeah. So, I mean, what, else can, you, what else can you say besides that? So that band meant more to me than anything else, uh, any other band ever. And uh, they were the inspiration for the first business idea that I really had that meant something to me, which was a way for musicians to take their life back live. And to this day, I'm still amazed that this model hasn't been... Uh, more widely adopted, but uh, that is complaints for a different day. So I, I wanted to get my little Almond Brothers story out there. And it was funny, Syracuse, you know, where we met, uh, had another thing in the news happen to me today, which I mentioned to you off air, but it drove me absolutely nuts. At least up until yesterday, I thought I was the most successful kid named Drew from Syracuse University's music industry program. <laughs> Turns out I'm not because Drew from the Chainsmokers went to Syracuse University's music industry. How program. old are those guys? Uh, so I think Drew said he was like 27. Okay. And uh, the other guy, Alex, is 30, so maybe just 31. Five years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's from Maine and went down there, and his mom found the music industry program, and it worked. I mean, they that kid literally figured out that he needed to keep the name Chainsmokers uh, and not let some other guy uh, hold uh, any rights to it, even though their band had broken up, uh, because he knew this, you know, if this ever became huge, that dude would be right back on my doorstep with a lawsuit saying, guess what? Who owns 50% of the Chainsmokers? Me. So I've always been a huge proponent that bands need to understand that they are expected to be a business not a band 
and they have to operate like a business and learn the business side of it. Otherwise, they'll be completely taken over. And unfortunately, most people that are in a band, the last thing in the world they want to yeah, worry about is Yeah, you don't get business. into the band because you no. want to worry about doing the business end of it. But the most successful bands in history have all had one thing in common, which is they took care of business first. Sure, and the Allman Brothers were a great example of that. I mean, those guys pioneered everything they did. They weren't always the easiest It is ironic that we, we were at a Allman Brothers concert when we came up with that idea yep. and they happen to be like the first major act that we that, recorded yeah that, that went nationally with the on-demand stock because we're like the Hallman brothers how many albums are they selling well that's <laughs> like, that was the conversation but they could sell a thousand a night easily here like, sure why would they not take that extra revenue and save everybody the hassle of having to hunt down those bootlegs and nick and i went on to record like 500 something concerts over the course of uh, many years at various festivals around the country logging tens and tens of thousands of miles by car some memorable trips which we'll share you uh, share with you along the uh, the podcast journeys but you know that that personally was a, a meaningful story to me because of how much uh, the allman brothers influenced my life in the course of events and how much i appreciate their music i mean damn you know that that three album run, the live stuff, Eat a Peach, uh, it's it's as good as you can get in music. It blended multiple genres. Even that Where It All Begins together. Uh, album oh, that came fantastic. out in like '94, yeah. Sure. All right, oh, wow. so that was uh, you know big uh, tribute to Greg Allman. Rest in peace, Mister Allman. Wasn't the most perfect man in the world when it comes to being a dad and all this other stuff, but God, good stories guy, though. He has some stories. I heard. A lot of them. I, I think we mentioned on the podcast, like right before his passing, the Chris Robinson story, where he said, "You know, who gives a bleep about?" Uh, yeah, it was funny. I actually was happen. backstage with them once, and uh, Warren yep. Haynes was eating a steak. Yep. And he's like, "You want to have some steak?" That, and yes. I was just like in like, All, like utter your, shock. Like yeah, you're, you're Warren Haynes. And I'm like, well, 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 no, I can't eat steak right now. And he's like, "All right, well, he's like, yeah, you, you want to meet Greg before before he leaves because he's gonna get out of here soon." And I'm like. I don't even think I could answer him, so he just like kind of pushed me in line of where he was walking by. Yeah, I said hi. He's like, "Hey, Greg, these are the guys our... recording the shows." Yeah, and it, hey. it couldn't have been nicer. I mean, in the great. sense of he wasn't long-winded, but I mean, he was like, "Hey, huh, shook uh, hands." It, it was like nice to meet you. I mean, yeah, it's I could I could count on in all the experiences we had with that band, I can count on one hand how many times I actually met him, as far as like Greg Allman, but like every time I did. It was very nice and very Yeah, so that's why I was surprised like, at that story that well, Chris Robinson told Well, I mean, you know, him. he could have got him on a bad day. Plus, sure. like, I just listened to an interview with Greg Allman recently about his, uh, you know, kicking uh, his, his addictions and, and heroin and all the other stuff he was on. So, you know, that could have been played right into it back then. It just was having a horrible day. Oh, I'm we, sure. we might have got him uh, in, in the more sober years. So, um, Amazing band, and you know, thank you for everything that they've done. Government Mule is still very much out there, so Warren Haynes, if you're ever interested in checking him out, he's with Government Mule. Uh, Oteil Burbridge, I wonder what he's up to. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what is he up to? He's playing with the dead. There you go. Yeah. So dead he's, on that, uh, he's on the John Mayer tour this summer. Remember him? Remember him using our. It just uh, pains me that John Mayer is the front. Remember man for the day. his band using our trailer as their dressing room. Sure. <laughs> what fun. were they called? Uh, Oteil Burbridge Express or something like that. Oh, I'll have or, to look and, it up. And the uh, he, you know, it was a he was the front, and then he had yeah, a, yeah. You know, uh, I was just wondering what I couldn't remember what that, that band was called. All right, so um, let me go ask you if you have anything for me that's in the general knowledge world. I, I yeah, I'll stick in uh, terms of music too. Legends yeah, yeah. here. Go All for right. It. So what music, what music legends, uh, son, just became part owner of High Times Magazine? 
That's interesting. I did see that it oh, sold, it? Uh, oh, but sold I didn't sold. see who bought it. Did you see it. how much it sold for? I think it was like $42 million. $70 million. $70 million? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was in that like under 100 I range. Believe, I didn't think the New York Times was worth $70 million uh, today, at this point. today's High day and Times age, Magazine? I guess because of the, million the commercialization of the cannabis industry out there, it's probably fueling that. You know, I guess. I mean, it's been aspect. years since I've seen a High Times uh, laying around. It was a novelty. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, back in the day, you'd be like, what are those? So you know. Now, keep in mind, this musician's son is not necessarily the majority owner. He's okay. just part of the group that that bought it. <clears throat> Snoop Dogg? Nope. Bob Dylan? Let's go with this. There couldn't be a more fitting person. Yeah, that's why I went with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was right. my guess for that. Uh, so musician's son couldn't be more. So what genre? Bob Marley? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Bob Marley. So immediately, so I who think was of, it? Was it Rohan? No, I was thinking, was it Ziggy? Because that guy's had some success, sure. right? Yeah, we had Rohan Marley on the show uh, last fall in New York City. He was amazing. He, you know, he played linebacker at the U. Rohan Marley. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and his kid Nico Marley played linebacker for four years at Tulane. So I didn't Just even graduated. know that this Marley existed. Damien Marley. Yeah, sure. No, been Dam- performing yeah. for yeah. Damien, Damien and Ziggy both are like the two sons that still perform and do a lot of the uh, tributes. We recorded uh, the Whalers, too, a bunch of times. I don't know if you remember those experiences. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about up in a cloud of smoke, but my God, uh, that was something else. So, okay, that's that's an interesting one. Who would have yeah, so- known that you could start a, mu- a publication that actually sells for real money? All right, so Amazing. Damian Marley's mom was not Rita Marley, who Bob was married to up until his death. Okay. All right. Was he before? No, no, he was. he's the youngest. He's okay. our age, born in 78. Okay, great. Uh, his mom was Grammy. Oh, no, he's Grammy Award winning. Wait. She is a former model. Ooh, okay. interesting. Okay. And she was actually Miss World, 1976. So That was a good year. Bob was pulling down Miss World. <laughs> 1976 he was, yeah. And that's was he, crazy. Like in London? Well, she's from Canada. Oh. Toronto. There and you I go. guess her dad is half Jamaican. Makes sense to and me. And mom's Canadian. So Cindy Breakspear, Miss World, 1976, the mother of uh Damian, Damian Marley. Marley. Good stuff. You get you get new Marley trivia here weekly, folks. Um all right. Yeah, I wouldn't think of Bob Marley as the type that would go after the pageant girls. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you never know how you meet somebody. <laughs> so, this is true. Um, actually, you know, since we're doing music, I'm going to do this part of the game first. I have a ton to get to in sports, and I got a lot of really interesting stuff in sports, and then, uh, I know that ends up taking up way too much time, but this is my best music thing, so I want to throw this at you. Um, I have here in front of me six different sets of bands that were all founded in their respective city, and I want to know if you can figure out what city these bands come from. Right. I'm going to start you out with the one that's going to be on the quiz itself. That's a pretty easy one, and I think you're going to get it uh, just based on what I know you know. But New Kids on the Block, The Cars, Aerosmith. Oh, so they're all from Boston. They're all from Boston. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, so Aerosmith. Hey, uh, Jimmy. Very obvious. What uh, is that, Jimmy? Look at that. Look at the size of that fish out there, Jimmy. <laughs> what? It's a, it's a baby whale. It's a baby whale. That's a flounder. <laughs> That's Jay. a flounder. Jay, it's a baby turtle. Jay, it's a turtle. 
I think I might edit in because I have to get that into this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nick just showed me a video of the Jay uh, seeing the sunfish, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And they have the thickest Boston accents of all time. I love people from Massachusetts. We were just. You know, I didn't know the cars were from Boston. Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? I wonder if I would have come to that conclusion. So now let's see if you can get these because these are much harder than that. Is there going to be three for each city? I could go deep. I have like 12 deep, and uh, some of them are you know less famous than uh, others. Let's just go one at a time until I get it. Okay, so um, there's like three cities that I think are dead giveaways that you'll get instantly that quit. anybody will get oh. instantly. All right, so the Temptations, the Spinners, the Supremes. Detroit. Bingo. Chicago, Wilco, the Smashing Pumpkins. Chicago. Good get. <laughs> I want to know if that would people, have been bad. Yeah, no. you know what would be funny is if like oh yeah, Chicago wasn't from Chicago. Sure. Is Kansas from Kansas? I don't know. I don't think so. You know what ends up happening? There's always one guy on the team that knows that like one saxophone player was from San Francisco, right? And he, and he just blows it for you. Yeah, he just bullies everybody into All it. Right, this is the easiest one, I think. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Seattle. There you go. Okay, so now let me give you the two ones that I think are more challenging and difficult, and see if you can pull those. Okay, go for it. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, The Eagles, The Doors. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. There you go. And how about this one? Talking Heads, Velvet Underground, Blondie. Okay. Boy. That's the hardest one on the list, in my opinion. Oh, man. I should know this, though. Velvet Underground. Talking Heads, Blondie. How do I not know... Where the talking heads. I could give it away from. if I go no, deeper. Don't don't go don't give it away. I want to at least take a guess before you, you make it easier on me. I, I can't believe I don't know where the talking heads are from and I can't I'm gonna give you know. three more and see if it helps. Okay, I don't think it will, but this is how deep I could go without people I think getting it. Kiss, living color, anthrax. Yeah, you would think Kiss would do something for me. Um Yeah, I don't think most people know where Kiss is from. If anything, I feel like that hurt. I was, I mean, not that it hurt me. I was in a different region of the country, and then kisses. Uh, man, are they from? I think we got him, folks. He's gonna pull it out, though. I know how Nick works. Oh, I, I, He's always gonna get it last second, make you make you think would, you got him. Nah, I really don't think I'm gonna get this one. Um, well, let's Atlanta. New York City. Oh, New geez. York City. Velvet. Oh, of course the Velvet Underground's from New York City. How did I miss You know, but that's, I think, out of all the ones that I gave you, that's the one that's most interesting with those four bands. So it's a setup for, for future uh, future types of questions about yeah, bands from New York City. Brooklyn, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and Talking Heads. And then the one that would have given it away was the Beastie Boys. Yes. I, I figured that, that would have gotten it for known. you. So that that was my uh, guess what city they're from Damn. game. And honestly, I went through all the other U.S. cities. None of them compared to those. Uh, and in my opinion, based on the list I saw, Boston was the strongest. If you go look at the rest of the groups that came from Boston, Boston's got a, a, hell, of oh, a, yeah. a hell of a group. I mean, New York didn't really do it for me. I mean, L.A., I think Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Doors, Eagles, Weezers, The go Oh, no, that was Ace Freely who had... Back in the New York groove, right, right. Rage Against the Machine, Jane's Addiction. You know, L.A. has got a a solid resume. Obviously, grunge is in Seattle. Detroit's got Motown. Uh, Chicago's got, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins. 
disturbed. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think they stack up. So I wonder if anybody has any other entries of what city has produced the most. Well, outside bands. of the U.S. Oh, sure, London or yeah, Manchester. London, yeah. yeah, London or Manchester, certainly. I mean, you know, once you have the Beatles in your camp, it's hard to, <laughs> to lose. That's like the ace of and Seattle's uh, pretty good. I mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah for, if for you what throw they Jimi did. Hendrix into that mix. Yep, you got it. Nirvana as well. So, yeah. all right, that's all I had in uh, general knowledge. And uh, let's move on to some sports stuff. Nick, we saw a unicorn last night. Do you, do you know uh, what unicorn we saw last night in Major League Baseball? Are you talking about... Four home runs in a game? We are talking about four home runs in the game. Only the 17th time in baseball history a player has hit four home runs in a single game. And it got me thinking about all Sorry, the different unicorns. How many unicorns. times did you say? 17 total in the history of baseball. Did you see there was only – there's something to add to that that was only the second time it ever happened. So you could go from the 17 four home run games. Right. Something else happened, which is only the second time it's ever Ten happened. RBIs or five for five in that span. Which grand one, Slam. One of those home runs yes. was a Grand Slam. It's wow. only the second time that somebody's had four home runs in a game, and one of them was a Grand Slam. That's absolutely crazy. One of the um, one of the most interesting aspects about it is I had a conversation with my dad the other day. or It wasn't the other day. It was this morning, actually. And uh, I told him about the four home runs in one game, and he said, you know, I was at a game where somebody hit four home runs in 1953. No way. Yep. <sighs> a Brooklyn Dodgers game against the Milwaukee Braves. Was it so, Duke Snyder? Now, Duke Snyder never did it. Gil Hodges did it like three years earlier, but the the guy that my dad saw do it was Joe Adcock. Oh, I don't uh, know him. Yeah, and uh, it's actually interesting. This list of 17 players that have hit four home runs is an amazing list because on it you have five Hall of Famers, uh, and then you have a slew of guys that uh, I think were pretty good players. Uh, All right, let me, see if I can get, let me see who I can get. Okay. Um, now, I'm going to tell you right away. There's one guy that's like an 1890 Hall of Famer, so I don't think Okay, it's... so there's four home. Yeah, there's there's, four, there's four names on this list that they are... They put guys in the Hall of Fame from the 1800s. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize that. Yep, 1896. I always hear like modern-day baseball. Ed Delahanty for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, July 13th, 1896, against the Chicago Colts. And wow, the, the Phillies were around in 1896? Yep, and the best part, uh, the first guy ever to do this was Bobby Lowe in 1894, and the team he did it for was the Boston Bean Eaters All right, against the Cincinnati Red Stockings. That's a slick name. Yeah, the, the bean, bean Eaters. The Bean Eaters. <laughs> so uh, let's see if you get any of these uh, next four guys. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that are not Hall of Famers that right, were so great players. Too. Mike Schmidt did it, right? Mike Schmidt did it, absolutely. April 17th, 1976 against the Chicago Cubs. Now, one of the great things about that game, Nick, it ended 18-16 as a final so he score. Needed, he needed every <laughs> single one of those hits. Can I'm, you glad imagine? I'm glad he was on the right side of that one, though. Oh, thank God. Can you imagine you lost? But it's happened twice where a guy hit four home runs and lost the game. Believe it or not. I believe it. So a 9-8 game was Ed Delahanty, Philadelphia Phillies against the Colts, and then uh, Bob Horner in 1986. I remember that one. Yeah, he lost that uh, was to the Expos. The, that was probably, now you've got the dates, but that was, uh, I was 8 in 1986. That's the first time I remember somebody doing yep. it. And that was a big deal, too, because it hadn't happened in eight years. Schmidt was right. the last okay. player to do that it, makes so sense. that's probably I don't why remember this area Schmidt was such it, a big deal. So, yeah, I remember that one. All right, did um, Lou Gehrig do it? Lou Gehrig did it. He was the first uh, first oh, the name on Yeah, yeah, right? well, besides Ed Delahanty. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. So I have two more Hall of Famers that have hit four home runs in a game? Correct. I think you one of them's gettable, the other one's tough get. But there is a huge local component to one of them. Uh, that's the hard get. 
So, I mean, if you really know your old time, problem is you're not a uh, you're not a fan of like the Philadelphia sports teams. So okay, so you know. you're telling me a Philly from way back, a Philly from way back, but a Hall of Fame Philly, Richie from way back. Ashburn. Nope, Chuck Klein. Okay, wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Okay. Figured it was All right, so one more? One more, and I could give you any number of clues. I could give you the team he played for. I could give you the year it happened. Either one of those may not give it away, but it'll lead you in the direction. Uh, I'm just going to guess Dale Murphy. Nope, it's Willie Mays. Okay. Uh, April 30th, 1961, the Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants, against the Milwaukee Braves in a 14-4 to drubbing uh, were at Willie Say Hey Kid four home runs. So, I think I remember Sean Green doing it. Sean Green did it. Absolutely. Carlos Delgado did it. Josh Hamilton did it most recently yes, in 2012. Mike Cameron, who had a long career as a center fielder, did it in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Mark Witten, hard-hitting Mark Witten, if okay. you remember him. I don't he, remember that. No. He, he did as well. So did Rocky Calavito, Gil Hodges, and Pat Siri. Rocky Calavito is not in the Hall of Fame? No, he is not. Rocky Calavito is not in the Hall of Fame. You learn something new every day. And, of course, last night, Scooter Jeanette, who's a former Milwaukee Brewer, uh, went 5-for-5, five five, four home runs, a grand slam, and 10 RBIs uh, in the 13-to-1 win against the St. Louis Cardinals. First time it's ever happened for a Cincinnati Red. So uh, a lot of interesting trivia in there. Um, I got a good one for you. Wasn't somebody from the Reds organization just calling him out for wearing his number or something like that? Did you see that? No, I don't I remember that. that. You know, I love the guy though because he's five foot nine, and it's like the last guy you would ever expect to have a power. You know, yeah, bonanza. I didn't know he was a brewer. Yeah, he was a brewer for a long time. Came up through our whole minor league organization. He took over after Ricky Weeks uh, left, and um, okay. uh, you know, he just was an okay player, but he was you know sort of a jag. So eventually found his way to uh, to Cincinnati, and we got younger. I forgot what we did uh, at the position, but. I don't think it's affected us. We're, we're playing decent baseball. We're hovering around 500, and I'm kind of happy with that. Um, okay, so this is one that, it, like, you know how you write trivia sometimes, and you just know everyone's going to put the wrong answer. Yes. And aren't those the best? Yes. So I found one, and I just know everyone's going to put the wrong answer. So Great. here, here you go. What former LSU wide receiver caught more passes in his first three seasons, 2014, 15, and 16, than any player in NFL history? So once again. Okay, all right. So give it to me one more time. What former LSU wide receiver Mm -hmm. caught more passes in his first three seasons, which were 2014, 15, and 16, than any player in the history of the NFL? All right. Oh, my God. Is it? Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry, uh, he, Miami I, I Dolphins. I he went to LSU, but... Yep, he was a teammate of Odell Beckham Jr. He's uh, a pass-catching machine. Absolutely. More catches I, in I want to go out on a limb player. and say not one single person in the whole country <laughs> gets that right. I mean, are those not the best questions, though? Aren't those go, the ones that I mean, literally, you... I had to go through team by team, and I always start in the East, NFC East, and then I got to the AFC East. Yeah, while I'm thinking about it, like, like talking about best questions, uh, uh, one of the guys on uh, Twitter, Philly Quizzo, shout out, who gave us uh, PHL Quizzo uh, at Twitter, uh, does a bunch of Quizzos in the Philly area, gave us a shout out, said, love the podcast, and he gave me an interesting tidbit. It has nothing to do with sports, but did you know that Arby's, the roast beef chain, Got their name because roast beef is RB, and they just called themselves RBs. No, I didn't know that. Yes, but so I learned that, and I want to thank you for Arby's, for beef. bringing that out because I don't know for some reason Jarvis Landry made me think about roast beef sandwiches. I That's was, a good question. We could throw it in. We'll just go. Uh, what uh, 
restaurant yeah. chain got its name from an abbreviation for roast beef. Oh, yeah. No question. Absolutely. Arby's. Arby's. So there you go. Question uh, number one next week. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick likes that one. That was salivating. So Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry, most catches of any wide receiver. He's coming up as a free agent, uh, and he wants, you know, his agent's like, hey, see my guy? Most catches anybody in NFL right, so history. Do you want a over trivia question where the answer is not Jarvis Landry? Yeah, go for it. Uh, who just signed the largest uh, shoe deal for an NFL player? Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. got yeah. the largest shoe deal. Now, did you see the deal? No. Who's it with? It's with Nike. Okay. Any idea? Want to take a guess at how much? Because football like players that? don't get anywhere near the money that like basketball players or whatever. What was strange to me is how not even close. Right. Like maybe twenty mil. 10 mil? Right, and you're saying per year. No, I wouldn't even think per year. I would think like the total total size of the deal. So maybe All like right, so the deal was 5 years. 25 mil. 29. Total? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. 5 years, 29 mil. In comparison, LeBron gets oh 30 God. a year. 30 a year. Right. right, because like in basketball, shoes are what sells. In football, nobody nobody cares about having the new Odell Beckhams on their feet. <laughs> when they're out on the field. Just doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah, like if you look at the top endorsement deals, you know, obviously, you know, Tigers in the top ten. Sure. Ooh. We've got a tennis player, a couple soccer players, but Ronaldo and Messi. By, yeah. Yep, makes sense. Yeah, it's top by Jordan who's getting double what LeBron gets. He's making sixty million a year still. There you go. No, I I mean it makes total sense there. And obviously I'm curious to know what like Steph Curry gets. Somebody like that, because you know he's got a uh, a decent deal. Is he on that list? No, he's not in the top 15. That's interesting. Okay. Man, his shoes are awful. Do you see his... Uh... Not a fan. Well, we'll see. I'm just waiting to save up my, my nickels so I can get my big baller brand uh, <laughs> shoes. Can't wait. I've heard nothing but people talk about getting those shoes. Yeah. So all I ever hear at Quizzo anymore is, when am you I going to get my big baller brand? You need a lot of disposable income. It's you know the funniest thing is if those just don't become a thing and like no one has them and it's like how many of those exist in the world? There's like 31 pairs sold. <laughs> you that know, makes it mean? even more valuable. I, I guess if if that's that, where he's going. Well, with it. Uh, they're going to sell at least ten thousand because if they don't sell at least ten thousand, they're going to be collectors' items. Well, there's, so that's a good. So like you're almost guaranteed to sell that many. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, so I have a uh, another interesting uh, sports thing for you, and um, then I want to make our announcement of the thing that we did this week uh, that we created, and uh, we're just going to throw it out in the universe and see who wants to uh, latch on and join uh, join the quest because it's, uh, I think, interesting enough to, to put out there. But see if you get this one. Um, in 1970, the first NASCAR driver ever to race a qualifying lap at 200 miles an hour occurred on what track? And you have any clue what kind of car he was driving? Mm. This is the first car ever to hit 200 miles. In NASCAR? In specifically? NASCAR. Yes, yes. Very specifically because I'm, I'm sure in Formula One racing, right. it goes much faster. And that, that I'm just saying what kind of car? You want a Chevy, a Ford, a Dodge? Yeah, is that the... yeah there you go. One of those three. Yeah. That could be <laughs> <laughs> I promise you it's I one of those it three. I down. You did. You got that almost instantly. Do you want to know the person driving the car, or we're just talking about... You'll never get the person driving the okay. car. Nobody knows. I mean, that's not even one of the it's answers. It's not a famous but, person. No, okay. but if I put it... Uh, the way I would have so it track in the quiz is... and car. Yeah, I care about the track, because that's what made the track famous, and I care about the car, because the car is an interesting car. All right, I'll go with Chevy. It was the first one I said. Dodge. Dodge. Yeah. yeah, it's a Dodge Daytona. All right. And... Uh, 
Any and guess the on the track? track? Yeah. Yep. yeah, I narrowed it down to a few, but you said this is what made the track famous? Yeah, I think it's it, – the track was already famous, but this is really what made the track famous. Almost like, you know, how the AC Country Club's birthplace of the birdie. This is right. like – this thing is part of So I was lore. leaning towards the Brickyard, but this would not be the thing that made it famous. No. So I'll go with Talladega. Talladega. That's okay. right. Nice. Talladega Super Speedway. And that's right, part of right. what built the uh, the legend of Talladega. Cool. So – Ricky Bobby. Interesting. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights is one of the most underrated movies of all time. I should do just like a nice clip montage right now of Talladega Nights stuff and people could enjoy themselves. There's a little humor. Sorry I didn't get to it during my uh, Greg Allman thing, but, you know, see if we can uh, we can go back and edit that. Um, okay, uh, so sports, that was all I had. You know, Nick and I do a lot of uh, crazy stuff, entrepreneurial stuff, launching things all the time. We both live in Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey's general, you know, general area, even though we're not both in Atlantic City. But I think it's safe to say at this point we're pretty invested in the community here, and uh, we like being here. Yeah. Uh, it's home. Uh, I've been here well over a decade, and I'm very grateful. I love the, uh, the ambiance. So, like, you know, uh, I'm always looking for ways to do things that are positive uh, for Atlantic City and that can build this community up and – um, you know, it occurred to me, uh, of all the cities that exist in the world, this is one that literally has never had any sports identity to it at all, on any level whatsoever. Not a yeah, single Yeah, not for lack of trying. Of I mean, they had the basketball team, the Seagulls. We had the boardwalk bullies in hockey. What was the baseball team? The called? Surf. The, the surf Atlantic City saying. Surf. They, they were most recent, I think. Yeah, and they were all uh, there nothing's for like been able five to make minutes. And, but... It, even all of those teams, nothing ever caught. Well, you they know, built there were, that big stadium for the surf, too. Gigantic minor Bernie league Robin stadium. stadium. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's a huge facility. So, you know, um, we're certainly not multimillionaires out there uh, doing, uh, you know, crazy ventures. Uh, but we, we came to the conclusion that sports is a good thing uh, for a community to rally behind. And Atlantic City could use something. So uh, we decided to uh, found a football club. And uh, football with the F-U-T-B-O-L, not the uh, throw the football, but uh, kick the football. Soccer. Soccer, as it's known. You know where that comes from? Association football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, uh, with with that, I would like to make the announcement that uh, we officially— Where they got soccer from association football. Now, that's a different story, but— uh, Yeah, that's— <laughs> that, well, is the, associ- that is the Association a sock. If it's abbreviated, Association Football was A-S-S-S-O-C, right. A-S-O-C. So, soccer is how that came from A-S-O-C. Right. From, from what I've been told. I don't know if any of that is true. Uh, but that has no bearing because we're calling it a football club because I think at this point, FC is better than SC. I don't want to be Atlantic City Soccer Club, do you? No. No, exactly. So... Uh, with that, uh, Atlantic City FC, Atlantic City Football Club, whose uh, unofficial nickname are the Purple Aces, uh, based on uh, nothing in particular other than the gambling references to uh, Atlantic City and our wonderful history of these massive casinos coming in on the beach. But uh, we are officially founding a football club and going to try to— Oh, and I thought the uh, air show. Yeah, well, that's where the Aces come from. Right. So it's a, it's a double, you know, uh, but the Purple Aces meaning like a flying formation of planes as well as the actual ace symbol, so— uh, you can check it out online, Twitter, uh, Atlantic City FC, and uh, we got a long way to go, but uh, step one has already happened, and uh, we're going to be shooting uh, to start play in 2018 and find a league to enter into, uh, and hope uh, by next spring we have the ability to start tryouts and uh, get all of that done. So a lot of work to be done uh, over the next six months, but hopefully it's the birth of something great for this area, because I really feel like a 
Uh, a soccer team is something this entire area can get behind. It's a sport that's on the rise. Uh, it's easy to play. It's uh, it's friendly in a lot of ways from a uh, crowd standpoint, whereas minor league baseball is sometimes one of the most torturous things in the world to watch. I don't know. I don't know how many times you've been like, oh, man, I can't wait to go see this minor league baseball game. But, uh, you know, soccer is uh, is definitely growing. So. You can check that out online, and if you want to get involved in any way, they'll be doing lots of different stuff with uh, fundraising and, and whatnot to get this off the ground, but it's a pet project. And, you know, one of the great things, Nick, is if we pull this off and we actually have games, guaranteed to start winning soccer tickets at Quizzo. No, sure, <laughs> sure. Win the sports round, or you're going to be getting yourself some Atlantic City FC tickets, uh, rest assured. So that's all I had in sports. Uh, what do you got? I got in... one thing in yeah, sports yeah, before we get off of it. Um, do you remember... Back in the day, at some point, we were driving through uh, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Love uh, Oklahoma. There was a sign that said, uh, Welcome to Chicatal, Oklahoma, home of... Do you remember this? I don't. It was maybe the biggest sign I ever saw in my life. <laughs> was it a person? Home yep. of a person? <laughs> yep. Yep. Was it Mickey Mantle? Nope. Hmm. He was from Oklahoma City, because I remember we saw something from him when we were in downtown Oklahoma City. I know Mickey Mantle was from there, but uh, what is it? Home of Carrie Underwood. Do you remember (laughs) that? that? Oh, my God, it was on the highway as we were driving through it. It wasn't in the town. We didn't stop in the town. No, 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 it was was in the the highway. You're right, it was like a billboard. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) And this was like Carrie Underwood had been famous for For about nine days. (laughs) (laughs) She had one. I didn't even know that she had one American Idol yet. I think she it was, like, in the been, finals. Yeah, it must have been <laughs> at the same exact time. And we're like, is that unbelievable oh that God, she's got a sign so like funny. that? funny. I love it. Uh, well, anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up in the sports section is uh, she is married. Hmm. Okay. Did you know that? I did not. So you think of Carrie Underwood. What, what city would you think maybe she would marry a guy from? L.A. Nope. Uh, Chicata, Oklahoma. Yeah, but if you think of her music roots. Nashville? Yes. Predators? Predators. Ah, look at that. Hockey player? Captain. Captain? So? I don't know. Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher is married yeah. to Carrie Underwood. Yes, if you've been watching the Stanley Cup at all, they've been shooting to uh, Carrie Underwood a lot. That's a good is, reason uh, to watch the Stanley Cup. Yes. I like I like Carrie Underwood. I think she's extremely talented. <laughs> um, but, you know, country, country to me is like um, a lot of different types of country. So you can have like... The kind of country I can never listen to, kind of the soppy country. But then you kind of got that like country rock, like rockabilly country, and I love that. You know what I mean? Like Allman Brothers. If you think about it, how many genres claim the Allman Brothers as their own? They're a jam band, right? Oh yeah. Are they to, southern rock? To me, it's southern rock. Are they classic rock? They're all those things. Yeah. So I mean, I mean they de- to me they define southern rock. Sure, but they also are one of the real jam bands. I mean that yeah. ever existed. Uh, you know, some of the stuff they had is just oh my god. I've been listening to. It. Allman Brothers literally all week, so yeah, it's been a lot still, of tribute. still on my mind. Um, all right, so let's get off of uh, of sports, and that's a good one. Uh, definitely look for that in the quiz and do some uh, geography history. I got an interesting one for you. What country has a population of three hundred and thirty thousand people and over one hundred and thirty active volcanoes? Can you imagine living in a country that's got three hundred thousand total people, but you have a hundred and thirty active volcanoes? Hmm. Very comfortable, right? Well, I'm going to assume it's around the Pacific Rim. Am I assuming correctly? You are not. You are not assuming correctly. All right, so is it um, 
What's the nice one? Iceland. It's Iceland. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yep. Dang. Iceland. And everybody in the population is centered way the hell away from the volcanoes right on the edge of the country. I mean, it's an amazing country. It's absolutely beautiful, and the people are amazing. But I, th- there's so many things that blew me away about that, how small a population base that is. I mean, there may be 300,000 people living in South Jersey, dude. Like, Well, what's funny at to least, me is right? how they named Greenland and Iceland, which yeah. was Iceland is beautiful, right. but they didn't want anybody coming. So they, so they named they it, it Iceland, Iceland and <laughs> Greenland <laughs> is hideous. So they said, go <laughs> so over there, and it's, it's basically Iceland. It's what Iceland should be. Right, right. right. So yeah. if, if it was called Greenland, how we, many people would be living in Iceland? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm just worried that like Iceland one day will just not be there anymore because there's 130 active volcanoes running around at, at any one. I you wonder know. why so many volcanoes in that one spot. Because there's, it's not like Ireland has active volcanoes. No, it's not I'm sure like there's, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, geologists that have spent their entire life figuring that that detail out. What do you have for me in the uh, in the geography history realm? Oh, I have my favorite geography question of all time. All time, we're doing this is episode eight of this podcast, so we got your all timer. Wow, you're you'll blessed. Know, you'll, you'll, you're blessed when, folks. You, when you see the answer. You're you'll blessed. Know I hope why. it's Uranus. <laughs> it isn't. Geography. Oh, geography. Uh, Titicaca. That's like one of my all-time favorites. Anytime you could get Lake Titicaca in there. Yeah, what is the Lake Titicaca is the answer to something. Is it? Yeah, it's like a, the biggest lake in South America or something or Venezuela. I think it's I the. Know. I think it's in I Venezuela. I think it's got the highest elevation. Or highest elevation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not something lake as big as biggest, biggest lake. It's in right. the Andes Mountains, yep, yep, so yep. it's like the lake with the highest elevation. And people just die for that one at Quizzo every single time. They just want to hear, you know. And that's always a go-to. If I ask any lake question and people don't know the answer, that's what they'll throw on the page. It happens all lake the time. Lake Titicaca? Lake Titicaca. Absolutely. What do you got? So they did a study. Okay. And uh, they were measuring the drunkest cities in the country. That's the best. Okay. I, I, I immediately know in my head who number one is and should be, and if it isn't, this is a sin. But I'm, I'm guessing I'm right. I'm not going right to number one. Okay. I think I have. We're one not going to go right to number one, <laughs> but I do want to say in this study, right? They found out that the drunkest cities mm-hmm. have the highest earning, smartest, really, and more healthy. People. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> How does that make any sense? That doesn't make any sense. So now these two cities that I just thought of are immediately out of that list on every single level. <laughs> well, d- d- don't go there. Don't go there just yet, because that that's a basic overview of the the drunkest cities versus uh, cities with the lowest drinking rates. But anyway, okay. I don't want you to name for me just the one. Okay. But would you believe that ten of the twenty drunkest cities in the country are in the same state? That's amazing. How is that even possible? <sighs> you talk about a culture. Uh, so anyway, your God. question is. What state is home to 10 of the 20 drunkest cities in America? There's only one guess that I can give that really (laughs) has any teeth behind it. And, like, all right, so let me give you my process of elimination here. The first thought is, like, okay, California's the biggest. They have a lot of cities. I've been there. This isn't the answer. Right. Okay? There's no way. Knock it off. Drinking is, uh, what would you call it? In, it's, it's like a pastime in California? It's it's nice. These people are, are Drink, pros. Right. Drink, <laughs> drinking is cute in California. Yeah, yeah. It's Drinking is, yeah, okay. Know, they say things like, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Right. <laughs> they have vineyards. No. Like, no. These, uh, this is like this you literally have a Yeti cooler in your car yeah, at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 
not, so you know the, the only thing that's weird for me with this one is like the two states that immediately should be fighting it out one of those states is so small that i can't even name 10 cities in the state so that's why i don't think it's the answer uh and oh, that's, well, that's good process of and, and that's why i'm going with its its uh rival so i'm gonna go with the great state of texas all right that's a great guess and that's probably where i would have gone to it's not the answer no oh my lord Sorry, Texas. I thought for sure that'd be your legacy. I was I was really impressed. <laughs> I was like, what are the other five cities? I'm like, you know, that's uh, that's incredible. All so, right, so what was the state that you thought? I thought Louisiana. Oh, that's another great guess. We we spent, what was that trip, a week that we were down there? Oh, my God. That was one of the funniest. I remember we, uh, right, we're so at the what's, what's it called? It's called they, a Kershondelet. Kershondelet. It's a big pig roast. And we were out in this, this field in this bayou in the middle of nowhere. This is with uh, an ex-girlfriend Literally what mine. they do is, this is what they do if you haven't been there. They dig a hole in the ground, and then they throw a pig in there. And roast it. And they it. roast it for 24 hours. Right. And so then everybody comes the next pig. Day. Everybody comes the and next day. And you bring day. your barbecue sauce. So this is my favorite but, part of this But you don't bring story. it like in a jar with a seal. No. You bring like a pot. <laughs> <laughs> and you add to it with things that are around. Like, right, like acorns <laughs> and such. We saw two of the most emaciated buffalo I've ever seen in my life on this like plot of land, right? So there's no roads leading to it. It's just dirt you're getting to in this big open field in Louisiana bayous, right? This was my favorite part. Nick and I are two northern boys, you know, from New York or New Jersey. They don't know the difference. They think everybody from the Northeast is from New York City. So yeah, they just call you New York. They just the whole call time. us New York. You don't have a name. You're <laughs> just New hey, York. New York, come over here. Yeah. Check this out. If hey, you, New York, come over if here. If you've been to New York, you still have the stink of New York. New York. <laughs> New York. <laughs> hey, New York, New York. what do you New think York. of this? Hey, New York, you ever seen that? And that was literally like. And the what they try time to do immediately there. is they try to humiliate you in front of their women, right? Because they are their women, right? Like, don't get yeah, any yeah. These ideas. are our women, right? And one of them was very like I had to, you know, be like she was like, listen, don't say you're my boyfriend. That's not gonna. That's not gonna That'll go just over get for, you. That's into... not gonna go over well for. No. Just say you're like our boss. You, you I work for you, <laughs> and then like you know everybody be cool. And, and so I was like, all right, I'll take that advice. And of course, she was like being hit on by every guy there and hitting on every guy there back. And I was just sitting the there. The best like, thing you ah. could do is just play dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I did. But this was my favorite <laughs> moment of that entire experience because we're both sitting there in this open field looking at the pig, taking in the signer. All of a sudden, this car comes speeding up does like a 180 in the grass, right? And does like, you know, big tire tracks making it look like a huge like semi-spiral, right? Guy gets out with the biggest koozie I've ever seen in my no, entire life. No, 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 it life. was the biggest beer can. Right. But with a little koozie attached. Remember, that's right. <laughs> it was, this beer can I've ever seen like a 24 holding a tiny bush. koozie on the bottom. With a little koozie on the bottom. Two kids. Two kids pop, pop out, out of, of the back <laughs> seat. Right. Run out. And and I'm like, okay, this guy just did a 180. He's drunk. He's in a car. Two kids just popped out of the car. The next words Nick and I hear, Sheriff, how you doing? <laughs> They're like, don't worry. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. <laughs> I was like, he's the sheriff of what? <laughs> What's wrong, New York? You ain't never seen somebody drink before? I was like, nah, dude. That's true. I, and I remember. Um... Yeah, he's the sheriff. Oh, well, that's just fantastic. And remember, we all went mud riding in that car. He took everybody oh, turn yeah. by turn, like, doing wheelies and stuff. You didn't have to worry about getting pulled over. Dude, that place was nuts. Nuts. Like, you just don't even know. Oh, the gummy until worm? You... What are the wor- worm buckets? Oh, my God. It's like a bar you can only get to by boat. And they <laughs> only have one drink, and it's called a worm bucket. Yep. And it's just, uh, you know, it's pretty much just 
juiced with sugar and, and booze. And liquor. And, then and they throw a gummy worm, worm in it. They call it a worm bucket. So it's like, a yeah, but you, you can only get it by boat. It's on an island. Uh, oh, my God. And it was just nothing but drunk people on a lake. Like, the cops were drunk. Everyone. That's why I would have said like Louisiana. Everybody in the town has a cooler in their car. Right. Yeah, you're, it was uh, a great guess. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, but I couldn't name ten cities. You know, outside of, like, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Lafayette. Like, where do you go from there? You know what I mean? All right, so I tried to give you a little bit of a clue just saying uh, that this state has a lot of meaning to me personally. Okay, so I would have gone with, like, uh, Michigan. Okay, another good guess. You're getting closer. Uh, where did I get engaged? Oh, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Of course. How, how could we possibly? Home to 10 of the 20 drunkest. That's the cities. best answer. I am so happy that's the you answer. You want a shot at number one? Uh, number one city? Yeah. Oh, easy. I mean, come on. Dude, it's got to be Milwaukee. Number 20. Milwaukee's number 20? Number 20. So number one is Madison? Number four. Green Bay? Number one, baby. <laughs> Bring Green it home. Bay, Wisconsin. Bring home the gold. Oh, my Lord. The drunkest city the in the United city. States is Green Bay, Wisconsin. Number one. This is why you listen to this podcast, folks. Okay? So I didn't, I didn't That's think radio be, gold right there. I didn't there. think there'd be 10, uh, 10 either. But, uh, Sheboygan? You've got uh, Milwaukee. You've got I love cities. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. I love cities Fondulac. in Wisconsin. <laughs> Fondulac. We know from Johnny Cash. Whitewater. Lacrosse, lacrosse, yep. Wausau, yeah. Is that where the guy from uh, Making a Murder was from? Maybe, yeah, 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 up in there. Or is he from? Yeah. You remember like my that. craziest Wisconsin story, or at least the one that ended in it, where I took the SS Badger Oshkosh, from from uh, Madison, Appleton, Eau Claire, and Green Bay. Wisconsin, to its credit, took the top four spots too. <laughs> it was so like, fantastic. Not even close. Oh my god. You you got it going on, Wisconsin. And they're still producing stuff, I think, right? They're doing cheese. We still get cheese from there. I mean, you would think that drunken area is really not putting out anything. <laughs> but I told you, the study showed they're healthier, yeah. higher educated, yeah, and earn more it. money. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, what are you, you going to say? <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so let's get off of geography history and uh, uh, do some entertainment. I got some great stuff for you in entertainment here. Um, okay. This is my favorite just because it leads into a good conversation about what not to do when you're making movies or TV shows that will immediately disqualify you producing it, uh, uh, any credibility in my eyes. So, so what, you're saying that this is something if you do it, it's you, over before if, it started? If you do this, I have judged your movie a failure. If I see this happen in your movie, it's Oh, over. I know what it is. You know what it is? All right, so here's we've the, talked about this before. A million times, right. So here's yeah. the question. What roll of the dice in a craps game is also the name of a Nicolas Cage movie? <laughs> Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. That's absolutely right. So, folks, here's my theory. If you're in a movie and you make a movie, don't make your last gosh darn line the name of the freaking movie. The last line of that movie is Nicolas Cage looking at a guy and going, you've got Snake Eyes. All right, so did we find a movie, though, in which we proved that wrong? I think we did at some point Do you remember time. what it was? No. I could be totally wrong. Go I'm for it, because I do remember it happening. I do remember it happening. I was like, huh, that broke the rule. I guess there is exceptions. Is it Michael Caine Michael at the Caine. end of The Dark Knight? Michael Caine at the end of The Dark Knight. No. It says no The idea. Dark Knight. Oh. And, like, Batman peels wheels out. Yeah, okay. And he's you know. The Dark Knight. Right. 
I guess. I got, we got to look that up. I still don't like right it. Or not. I don't like it. That didn't add to the movie. They didn't need oh, to no, do it. Oh, no, it doesn't it add just... to the movie, but that was a great movie. If yeah, that, speaking of, speaking of if Michael Caine, I just want to give him a shout-out because blame it on Rio. I saw that, like, not too long ago. Still one of the all-time great movies. Like If, you, if you've never seen bad 70s... Michelle Johnson, right? Is that her name? Yeah, and uh, Demi Demi Moore. If you want to see Demi Moore that, naked, that, that's one of those movies that, movie. like, if that was released today, there'd be boycotts in the streets. I you, mean, you can't even imagine. Tell me what the premise of <laughs> the, that the is. The premise because... of that movie is that uh, Michael Caine is getting separated from his wife. He goes to Rio with his best friend on a vacation, and both of their older daughters come. But their daughters are like nineteen, right? Right in college. And they grew up together. They grew up best friends. The I girls don't know are best what friends. age they are, but they're young girls. They're 19. Whatever they're, it is. They're, it's, they're not. It's insanely right, young. Right. They're not old enough to be hitting on Michael Caine. Let's just put it that way. And the premise is uh, Michael Caine has an affair with his best friend's daughter in Rio for like three days. And then they never speak of it again. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's basically, basically the thing. But the, the punchline is. The punchline is of the movie. I don't mean to give it away, but you've had, you know, I don't know, 40 years to see it. The punchline is that Michael Caine's best friend was having an affair with Michael Caine's wife. <laughs> right? So just when he could be like, you son of a, you're it's sleeping with my daughter. He finds out that he was sleeping with his wife. Right. And that's <laughs> so, the, so it was, it was like, you're right, that was sort of like the, uh, all right, let's just never talk about any of this again and get out of Rio. So, there, I saved you two hours of uh, All right, so I did. Viewing. I dug it up here. All right. The last line of... The Dark Knight? Yeah, here we go. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. A Dark Knight. A Dark Knight. There you go. Michael Caine. All right, so speaking of superheroes, good segue in there. I mean, we both... Uh, we had the same question. You had it this week, and I put it in for next week. So <laughs> it was worth talking about. But uh, Wonder Woman getting tons of buzz. And do you know the name of our Wonder Woman who is out there? I don't know if I know how to pronounce it, but uh, is it Gal Gadot? Yeah, I think it's Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. But, uh, yeah, Gigi she's... would be a great name <laughs> for her. I don't know why she just doesn't go with the Gigi. Yep, so I haven't seen it, but it apparently is uh, doing very well in breaking records and causing mild controversy because apparently they you can't allow all women to see something before a bunch of men All right, well, you've, give, you've given me a perfect segue. Okay, great. A layup. So uh, what, uh, what movie's opening weekend is the highest all-time directed by a woman? I what movie's opening weekend is the Wonder highest all-time directed by a woman? I think it's Wonder Woman, right? It is Wonder Woman. Yeah, because okay. she, she has a female. They had a female director for this. All which right, is great. so so here you go. Whose record Ooh. did they break? Just give me the movie. Was you it Betty Thomas's record? Nope. Hmm. Did she direct Private Parts? She did. She did a bunch of other stuff that I thought might have had some commercial success as well. Um, but she was the first name that came to my to my head. Um, and it might have been uh, it might have been Gary Oldman that gave that last line, not Michael Caine. I can't I can't remember. Yeah. I have to go back and they might have been talking to each other. I just sure sure. No, I haven't seen it in so long, so I can't remember. And I only saw it once, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm not. Uh, it's not coming for me right away. Yeah, this is tough. This is not your wheelhouse at okay. all. Go for it. Came out in 2015. Chick flick. <laughs> Avoid at all costs. Opening weekend, 85 million. Good for them. The reason it opened so big, huge success. Novel was a huge success. Okay, so like a Twilight or something like that. Highly anticipated. Or, or Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades there of Grey. You, you got it. <laughs> okay. Eighty-five million opening weekend. That's right. Was which which is basically 
Twilight because it was Twilight fan fiction that led to Fifty Shades of Grey. Did you know that? That's what, yeah, I think that's I'd what the seen original that yeah the original Twi- uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was meant to be Twilight fan fiction. So, so the Twilight girl that erotic. wrote it, yeah, she did it as like with those characters in mind and okay. like you know some some erotic. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing that before. nonsense or whatever, you know. And no disrespect, you like whips and chains, that's your thing. That's fine. Not mine, but anywho. Anyway, <laughs> what do you got in entertainment besides that? Okay. Um, we're going to go 50-50 here. Okay. What do you think auctioned for more? I'm going to give you two items. Okay. And you tell me which one auctioned for more. Jerry Garcia's guitar. Okay. Or Elvis Presley's custom plane. Phew. That's one of those. You're not asking it if it's Elvis's plane. Obviously, Elvis's plane is the uh, is the thing everyone's going to say. And I think that went for like, I don't know, six hundred and fifty thousand dollars because it was just a big chunk of metal <laughs> that couldn't be uh, used or something. I forgot. I, I know I saw that recently. So I'm going to go with Jerry's guitar for some reason. All right. So you're all over it. The plane was only four hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Elvis's was, custom plane. Yeah, and but it had nothing in it. You know, it's just well, the it shell. hasn't run for right, but thirty it does, years. Yeah, it but... doesn't work. But if you had any kind of like, all right, so you bought the plane for four hundred and thirty thousand. Put some money. What's into it cost it? to throw a couple engines in that puppy and start giving Elvis rides? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sounds like a business to me. Yeah. What did What did Jerry? Like, what are you going to do with Jerry's for? guitar except to hang it on their wall? So Jerry, if you know Jerry and me, I know you do. But Jerry's had some famous guitars over time. Sure. Um, None of them. Pretty named much Lucille. Pretty much five. Okay. That were most associated with them. This guitar was uh, called Wolf. Okay. And uh, if you know, he started playing it, you know, in the mid to late 70s. Probably my favorite era sure. of it. So. No, no question. That was the best era that did. When they didn't even know they would be a band. Remember, like, the uh, the last shows that they did where they thought basically, you know. Well, they got robbed, yeah, right? Yeah, by their. Was it Mickey uh, Hart's? Mickey Hart's dad. Yeah. Yeah. So Wolf went for $1.9 million. Okay. So about four or five times as much as Elvis is playing. Wow. Good for good for Jerry and his legacy. So one point five million dollars. That's crazy. And if you if you had bought Wolf, I want to say like ten years ago, mm-hmm. you would have done all right because it sold for like seven hundred thousand. I don't have Wolf, but I got ice hanging in the bathroom <laughs> right there. So I bought one of the six hundred original Valerian steel swords of uh, Game of Thrones ice, which is what Eddard Stark carries, and we've got it hanging in the throne room in the office over here. So. Uh, that's worth ten times what I paid for it already. So uh, that was a good investment for sure. I just didn't think the popularity was there for Jerry's guitar versus Elvis's plane. It's still shocking to me. I yeah, don't, no, I don't a, know, that's, uh, a, that's a great question. Somebody got a great deal with Elvis's. You plane. You gave me an awesome segue back, and this is one where uh, I want people to know that we're going to ask this because it's worth looking into, and if it builds some publicity. But did you see what album made an appearance back in the top five after fifty years? Oh, okay. So I'm all over this because it was released on June 1st, 1967. Absolutely. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. No question. So one of the most legendary albums of all time changed the face of music in a lot of ways, and it celebrated its 50th anniversary, and now it's back in the mainstream. So you should go back and revisit some of those songs. You name How many songs can you name off of that album that you could just rattle off? All right. Well. I mean, I'm staring at the list, so it's unfair, but right, uh, yeah, just so curious what I'll you I'll do can... my best here. Okay. Let's, see, let's see what we can do. I haven't thought about thought about it in a while, but all right, so I know Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. If man. you can't get one, folks, I don't know what to tell you. You got to at least get and one. And I believe there's something called Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Reprise. Yeah, I didn't put that on there because okay. it's just like, you know, it's the all one. Right, so I'll keep going. So we got 12. There's so You got one of the 12. Oh, there's that many? Mm-hmm. At least I didn't realize there was that many. All right. 
Uh, help, help from my friends. That's the second track. Goes right into it from Sgt. Pepper's. Absolutely, with a little help from my friends. And of course, Joe Cocker remade that song. You remember and that right, was the Wonder the theme Years. To Wonder theme. Years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, as great as the Beatles were, Joe Cocker did give that one justice. That was better. I mean, yeah, was, that that version that of that better. song was better. Yeah. All right, when I'm 64. That's on it. Absolutely, good job. So so far, you're uh, three for three. Yeah, am I, am I at the point where I get the ones I definitely know, or do I start taking chances? Is uh, fixing a hole on there? Fixing a hole, absolutely. Four for four. I know Lucy in the Sky is on there. Bingo, five for five. I know Nikki a day. Provolone's I know there. a day in the life is six on for there. six. Nikki Provolone coming at it strong, <laughs> folks. All right, now it starts to get tough. Yeah, but you've already those are my favorites. You've already done your done the round justice. You know what I mean? Like if you're sitting there working with a team and you can get six, then the other people can take you home. You know what I mean? Right. All right. So if I have four guesses left, I'll go uh, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby is not on okay. this particular album. Uh, There's another name though, Mr. Kite. Mr. Kite is not on this album. Yeah, just losing it here. There's there's two more that I thought you have a a real chance at. at. Yeah, a real chance at. Hmm. Nothing? Nothing. All right, so you ready? Getting better. Oh, yeah. Right? And the last one's Lovely Rita. Mm-hmm. So I figured that might yeah, be. Yeah, lovely reading. You got Good Morning, Good Morning wasn't a huge hit. No. Uh, within You, Without You. No. Uh, oh, Mr. Kite is here. I'm oh. sorry, being for the boom. benefit of Mr. Kite. So, boom, you had seven. I'm so right. sorry about seven that, dude. Yeah, you know, I was looking for just Mr. Kite, and I, okay, I went right over. Okay, because when you said it was over. another name, I was like, I thought it was yeah, Mr. Being, Kite. Yeah, being but... for the benefit of Mr. Kite is yeah. the full name of the title. So my apologies about that. Somebody's going to be like, no problem. somebody was probably screaming at the podcast in that moment. being like, Mr. Kite's on it. Mr. Kite's on it. You know, just, just how that happens on Quizzo. By the way, um... If you guys ever run into a question that's not right, it does happen. Things get uh, transposed improperly. No, Drew, because aren't you perfect in every way, yeah, and everybody does right. everything perfectly right. every time? So it does happen. <laughs> we try to get things question. corrected as fast as possible, but a lot of times something slips through the cracks for a variety of different reasons. So if it ever happens, just get rest angry. assured. That's the way to do it. Yeah, get as angry as possible. Right. Just be super <laughs> furious about it and send us all your hate. But in Especially the rare when case it's late that it in the does, game and you've been drinking for a couple hours, just get angry. Just shoot an email. All right, folks. We'll, we'll get it fixed. If, if you know some bizarre nuance of the question that no Blame one else in the, the world host knows. host who had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. Do, do that. That's a good talk to the bartender and scream or at Or act them. like a human being and in between rounds walk up and politely ask the host, hey, I think that. We have a difference of opinion on an answer. Right. They'll and be happy to look it up and correct it. Right. And they always give you the points if you can prove yourself right. We never have a policy where that you will not get your points, folks. Your points will be intact. So that's uh, what I got. You know, tons of stuff that we got to today it was a fantastic show. Also want to mention, Nick, that we are very, very close to announcing a date for the return of the riddle. The, uh, the okay. championships of uh, trivia. And we're shooting for a Saturday in the fall. So we're shooting for a Saturday in the fall. We're going to do Atlantic City Country Club? Atlantic City Country Club is going to be the house, uh, the home of it. And we're looking for uh first couple of weeks in November. So we'll, we'll be working Are out Are we over time there. or do we have – No, we got time. Let's... i got to do one more thing yeah, before man, let's I let you out there because I, I saw I, this this week. I also had something that I forgot to mention during the uh, – no, uh, during the um, uh, Four home runs in one thing that I think is an awesome thing that is going to blow your mind. So I want to make sure I say that because I'll never get to it again. All right, go ahead. Um, so, so here's the last thing. What do you think's happened more? And we were talking about unicorns in baseball, right? The rarest thing in the rarest thing. 
What is the rarest thing you can think of in baseball? That's like something that's actually All right, like the tangible. unassisted triple play. Right. Do you think that's the rarest thing in baseball? What's happened well, the, the, more, an unassisted triple play or four home runs in a game? Oh, four home runs in a game has happened more. Do you know the number? Unassisted triple play. <sighs> and perfect game was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, so of those three. If that's you, a good multiple in, choice. That, yeah, can you put them in the right order? First, second, and All right, third. I would say the most has been four home run games. Nope. Perfect games? Perfect games. Okay. 21 perfect 21? games. All right. Shit. And 19. There was a if... bunch in a row, I think, with perfect <clears throat> games. Yeah. I think for a while it was lower, but we had maybe like four or five. All right. Unassisted triple plays. I'm going to say the number's between 9 and 12. Am I right? Nope. All number right. is higher. It's 15. Okay. So 15 unassisted triple plays, 17 four home run games, and 21 perfect games in baseball history. So if you got to witness any of those on any given day, folks, you are seeing a unicorn. So what else you got, Nick? All right, so i got to take you down a little path here to make it trivia worthy. But uh, <laughs> we'll start with this. Uh, but we'll get to something which I've been dying to uh, to see if you knew this or not. Oh, and then let's not forget we do have the Postman segment to finish out the uh, thing. Oh, okay. I, did, I did record uh, one more uh, one more segment here that I'll have to pull up. All right, so here's uh, here's the question here. Uh, what was the first 24-hour news network? What was the first 24-hour news network? CNN. CNN, back in 1980. So yeah. I was surprised that Fox News was only around since 96, and CNN started all the way back in 1980. So CNN in the news, of course, because uh, – they fired somebody the last week that got a lot of uh, publicity. Hmm. I didn't know that. Who did they fire? Well, when I've I tried saw that to, they I've fired tried to actually this person, stop paying attention I was to like, news. I it's cannot hard. believe they fired this person over this. But then I thought, wait, oh. do they even work for them? And they only yeah, work one I, day. I know who it is. I got it now. I got, got it. it. So it's Kathy Griffin right. for her uh, uh, poor choice of comedic uh, – uh, structure right. with decapitating the president of the United States, which right. is always going to go over so well, Kathy. You got to figure that won't alienate half the population. All right, so keep going. So yeah, now, CNN fired. Do her. you have any other memory of a decapitated president? A decapitated president? Well, like a, 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 a decapitated president's head or anything like that. Does that ring any bell to you? <sighs> no. Oh, this is great because I don't think you know this. All right. What if I told you there was a decapitated president's head? In season one, episode 10 of your favorite show. Oh, my God. It's Game of Thrones. I do. George Bush's yes. decapitated head on a yes. spike. Yes. Was, People was, are familiar with the show. And they yeah. They had the heads on the spikes. It was the scene where Joffrey made Sansa look at all yeah. of the heads the on heads, the spikes to see her thing. It's clearly George, George W. Bush's, Bush's head. head on a decapitated spike. So... You had never told me that. I, yeah. I thought that would be something you'd be like, oh, you no. got to see this. And, that's uh, right. I do. I absolutely remember that. I can't believe that uh, that was uh, that's something that I overlooked. But, yeah, people didn't even make a really big stink about that either. They no. Were just no, I was like, like that's W's head on a spike on an yeah, HBO show. Is it really W or is it just kind of? Oh, no, it's W. They even admitted it. They just said they took whatever heads were laying around. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you we talking happen, about? We happened to have a W. That's the single like biggest, biggest budget show I've ever. We just took seen whatever in my heads life. Were and like we just around. whatever heads were laying around, no. we throw them on spikes. No, no, you t- you took you went to find W's head. Let's let's be <laughs> let's be real, boys. Come on, it's amazing how like W seems like nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the way people hated him, people were like, I kind of like him. Well, now no. we do. Yeah. yeah. So in, in retrospect, no, I don't hear people up in arms about W these days anymore. Um, all right. So let's get to the mailman segment. I'll uh, play this through for you, and we'll see what he gave us this week. Do you have week. any uh, intro music for the mailman? Not yet. Okay. 
right. How many planets in our solar system have moons? Boom. I got this. All right. Without a doubt. All right. We got six planets in our solar system with moons. Six planets in our solar system with moons. We do not have moons on Mercury and Venus. There you go. So starting with Earth, boom. All right, what's he got? Up what's your game, man, man. Answer? That's it. That's the only one. He... Oh, he doesn't come out with the answer or nah, an explanation? Yeah, he, he, he doesn't, and he doesn't because I wanted to be able to talk it out with you. Oh, and right. I know. Sorry. We, we would have talked it out, but I just happened no, no, to know no. that for a No, fact. I'm glad because one of the other questions that he had was actually something we had just asked in Quizzo like the week before. I forgot what it was, but I said uh, we had that one last week. <laughs> oh, so he had to come up with yeah, something had, on short Yeah, two. No, no, he had the second one. Uh, to his credit, he came with two, which oh, okay. is what I told him to do. Come with uh, two, and if the first one, you know, for some reason there's an issue. So thank you to the mailman. For contributing a piece, and we'll we'll try to get you that little segment Thanks, in there. Oz. And uh, we appreciate that. And you can see Oz uh, at uh, Tony's Baltimore Grill. We got lots of other promo stuff that we'll eventually get to uh, in the in the not too distant future uh, to tell you about coming up. But um, any any final thoughts you got going on here for uh, the upcoming week, or anything you're looking forward to for uh, next week? Well, I mean, we're in the midst of the NBA Finals, so waiting for something to happen there. Um, you know, there's really nothing to get excited about. <laughs> you, think, you think it's a sweep? Well, actually, I took the sweep at seven and a half to one. Wow! Because uh, somebody turned me on to it, and I was like, "Well, at least if there's nothing to root for, I'll have that to root for." But I, I feel like I Cleveland's think it's gonna, gonna happen. Yeah, I think I feel like Cleveland will win. Well, I game. think I think Cleveland wins Game Three, and then you see everything is going to come down to Game Four. As but what's nice about having that at seven to, uh, seven and a half to one is now I could bet Cleveland. Sure. You know, yeah, <laughs> get some <laughs> makes, points and have a makes perfect ha- sense. Have a little bit of uh, you know a buffer there. Um, I don't know. The, the yeah, fantasy Daily football's Cup right around the corner. By pretty the way. good. I mean, it, yeah, it has been two two. Interesting series. Uh, yeah. hockey, hockey in general, I think the playoffs have been very entertaining. I've enjoyed watching it. So we'll, we'll see that continue. And uh, it's one of those history either way because what is it? Nineteen years the Predators have been in the league and they've never won. And oh, you want to. Give me this one. The last time a NHL team has repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Detroit which, Red Wings. Yeah. Boom. Quick. Yeah. No, I knew that. Um, not much there. Yeah. You, want, you got the years? Mm, nah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's not get crazy. Here. I think it was 97, 98. Yeah. I just, I remember it happening. And I remember living through it, but I don't remember exactly when that was in my life. So that's all I got. Um, there, uh, there was one other thing that uh, I, I would make mention as far as knowing um, a hint in terms of how we do things. Whenever there's a holiday, folks, a Father's Day, Mother's Day, July 4th, it finds its way into the quiz somewhere. Absolutely. Okay, so, you know, if you're going to be looking for— We definitely mentioned that before. Trivia is like the seasons of the year. That's right. So happy happy early Father's Day. Uh, I think we can get that that happy Father's Day in next week. Uh, But, you know, we're usually a week ahead uh, as far as what the games that are going out there. So, you know, some of the clues we're going to give you are not going to be seen this week. It might be seen next week. So— uh, just keep that in mind as you're going forward. All right. So for uh, Nick, my name is Drew. We will see you next time on the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information.
I know a 100% fact, mailman. <laughs>